Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. That song really communicated with me this morning, that last song. I think sometimes we forget the power in the name of Christ. And um, you think about all that Christ has done. And I just, you know, in that moment we were singing that towards the end there. It's just all Christ has ever wanted was good. All he's tried to do was reestablish relationship. And all the unsaved world wants to do is push him away. And it just, it's got to be overwhelming to just want to be connected to someone, to a group of people, only to be perpetually rejected over and over again. Especially when all the power there is to have is found in him. Oh, well, I don't know about you, but I'm confused. (laughs) It's raining, it's sunny, it's hot, it's cold, it's dry, it's humid, it's I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what to expect when I I wake up in the morning. It's been interesting for sure. Um, I guess, I don't know, I talk about the weather a lot. I I guess I should have been a meteorologist maybe, I don't know. It just, (laughs) I don't know, it it impacts me. I'll tell you, sun, sun does me well. Uh, So when it's sunny out, I'm a happier person for sure. But I have to tell you, there was this DEA agent, and he was sent out into Texas to do some surveying to find out if there were any illegal drugs being grown by the ranchers. And so this zealous guy kind of pulls up to this one ranch, and he's kind of impressed, but he's going to do his job, and he walks up to the rancher who's he's out there doing his job, and he's like, you know, hey, I'm from the DEA, and you know, I need to be checking all of these fields around here, and it's like, you know, don't try to stop me. I've got to find out if there's legal drugs. We've been hearing about illegal drugs here. And the rancher's like, yeah, that's not a problem. You can go anywhere you want, but, you know, I just stay away from that field over there. Stay away from that field. He pulls out his badge. See this badge? This badge gives me everything I need to do. I can go anywhere I want. Don't tell me. Sorry, sir. Go anywhere you want. Take your badge with you. So he starts going around. The rancher goes back to his chores, and he's doing his thing. All of a sudden, in the distance, he hears yelling, screaming, he drops everything he's doing. He runs over to the fence and he looks. There's that DEA agent. He's running full tilt across the field. And guess what? His biggest bull is chasing him and he's catching up on him. And he finally just kind of leans over the fence and says, Your badge! Show him your badge! <laughs> I know you probably saw that coming, but some things are just inevitable, aren't they? Well, this morning, we're still in Philippians. I don't know about you. I hope you're reading it when you're not here and just allowing the blessing of what Philippians communicates to really saturate your thinking, Uh, to be all in with Jesus. I mean, think about that for yourself. It's It's an easy phrase. It's a quick kind of turn of word, but it's like, am I all in? Do I have one foot here and one foot there? I don't know. It's like it's been a challenge to me because it's like sometimes I don't think I am all in. Sometimes I get so caught up with the crises of life and things that come up and all of the bothers of this world 
And that stuff can be a huge distraction. And the, the, the truth of that last song, you know, it just, that's where the power is. That's where we have to stay connected. That's what we have to stay plugged into. And that's like, today we're going to be looking at, he is our source. Jesus needs to be our source of several things. We're going to talk about that this morning. And it's like, if that isn't happening, you know, last week we looked. With salvation, one of the side effects is suffering. It doesn't sound fun, does it? But it is part of life. And, you know, God, I, I appreciate God's honesty. He didn't hide that. He didn't like, you know, oh, you need to be saved, you need to be saved. It's going to be all great and wonderful and unicorns and everything. And all of a sudden there's this suffering. He's like, no, you need to come to Christ. You need my son. And, oh, by the way, with that, there's going to be some suffering going on. And it's going to look different for every single one of us. It's not going to look the same, but it's going to feel very similar to a lot of us. Because when we suffer, it's overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but the first question I always ask is, why? Why is this happening? But it's like, God is so faithful to use everything in our life. Um, you know, I, I came to a place where I'm thankful for the trials. I'm thankful for the challenges. I don't enjoy them. Trust me. But I know that God is at work because of them. And so if like, you're dealing with things in your life and you're just kind of overwhelmed by it, just stop for a minute and say, okay, this did not surprise God. He knows about it. And the cool part about who God is is he wants to use it in my life for something good. Yeah, absolutely. So be encouraged by that. Be encouraged by that because that's who God is. And when we understand who he is, it makes life different. All right, so we're going to be in Philippians 2, uh, verses 1 through 11. If you're using the Bibles in the chairs there, it's page 1349. Uh, or you can open up in your own copy of the Word. But we are going to read through the text, and then we'll go back and dig in a little deeper. So Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Pray with me one more time. Lord, I pray that the truth of this scripture will permeate our minds and transform our hearts. 
Lord, as we dig into your word this morning, you know exactly where every single person in this room stands before you, what they're dealing with, what their joys are, what their horrors are. And Lord, we pray, I pray this morning that your your word will impact their world. We're thankful for the scripture, Lord. We're thankful for the truth that it has. And we ask, Father, that you will help us understand and be more like Christ as a result of being here together today around your word. And it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Coming to the idea here, back in verse 1, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. Jesus is the only one equipped to meet our needs. He's the only one. Hashtag, people make horrible gods. (laughs) But sometimes we put them there. We do. Um, You know, I, I, you know, they say, you know, never meet your heroes, right? Because they'll disappoint you. But, I mean, we do that with people a lot of the time. We respect somebody or we kind of think, oh, they've got it all together and they're on track and, you know, that's what it should look like. And so we kind of, you know, elevate them to this place. The only problem is, is people will let us down because people just aren't good gods. But Jesus is. <laughs> and he can meet everything we need. Now, it's not in the ways we often think, and that's where we get challenged. Because it's, like, it's one of those things where we think we know what it's supposed to look like to make us happy. And God goes, uh-uh. <laughs> he says, that, that will give you something, but it's not going to really give you joy. It's not going to give you happiness. It's not going to give you what you think it's going to give you. Have you ever been there? There's something you kind of had out there, and you're like, oh, I want that, I need that, and oh, my life will be different when that happens. And then it happens, and you're like, wah, wah. It's like, oh, this isn't what it's all cracked up to be. It's just, it's a this, or it's a that, or it's just, it is. And so Christ wants to be in this place and in this role in our life where everything is found in him. Now, There's four needs every person has. We're we're designed. We're all made in the image of God, and we all have these things. And I know you've heard me say this before, but I think it's very relevant here. All right? We all need love. We're designed for it. God has built us that way. Acceptance, worth, and security. Those are our needs. And when we try to find those needs met in other things or other people, we're going to be disappointed. See, Christ has the potential of doing that, and he will do that, and he can do that. But when we try to do this with other people, they're going to fail us. And it's interesting, because God will get blamed. You know, I'm doing this, Lord, I'm doing that, Lord, and it's like these things aren't coming to pass and those things aren't coming to pass and I thought you, you know, were going to love me. I thought you know, this was going to be all right. I thought that I had value. I thought that I was safe because I was doing these things. And God gets blamed. And he's like, 
You're trying to use other things that are not me to meet these needs. You are trying to do things in such a way where I can't provide for you. Because this is what God will do in your life through Christ. Consolation. And God knows our struggle. Christ knows our struggle. He knows what it's like to be in skin. He knows what it's like to walk on this planet. He knows what the air feels like. He knows all of that. He knew it before. But we can relate to the fact that he gets it because he lived it. And there's consolation there. He knows that we're weak. He knows that we're challenged. He knows that if you try to do this in the flesh, which means apart from the spirit, you trying to gut it out, you're going to be overwhelmed. Comfort of his love, and his love comes without condition. I think sometimes we're, chat, we, we're like, we don't realize that. We think we have to earn it. We have to do things so God will love us more. If I read my Bible more, if I go to church more, if I do this more, I do that more. And that's not how God works. Now, he wants us to do those things. And there's such benefit when we do those things. But it doesn't have to happen to earn his love. He loves us unconditionally. Even while we were yet sinners, right? God loved us. Fellowship of the Spirit, a deep-seated communion on a spiritual level. And that's that whole idea of acceptance. Coming in and feeling accepted. Um, I, one of the, the biggest challenges I hear from people who are new to the church is, you guys are so close, it's hard to get in with a group. <laughs> they feel like there's like a lot of groups, and it's just, everybody's tight, I get it. And everybody wants to be part of the family. And that's why it's so important that we are open and outreaching and talking to the people around us because we would not want anybody to ever feel like we don't want them here. We like to feel accepted. And so as we're looking, is there any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship? And here's the important part of that, of the Spirit. We are accepted in the beloved. God, if you're a Christian here today, the Spirit is within you. And that fellowship, I don't know about you, but when I get together with other Christians and we start talking about the Word and what God is doing and all that kind of stuff, I am greatly encouraged when I start to hear how God's working here and God's working there and what He's doing in the lives of people. It's a huge encouragement. And there's fellowship there. And I don't know about you, but it's like, you know, I've been all over the place. And it's like, I love that feeling when it's like you're talking to somebody and you don't know them, but it's like, ooh, boy, this person really seems like a believer. And then you find out they are. It's so cool. It's that fellowship that's there, the unity of the spirit that's there. It's a thread that kind of puts us all together. And so it's like, as we come off of the last chapter, and we kind of come into this chapter, yes, there's going to be suffering, but there's also consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, and affection and mercy, which I, I find it interesting that those were added on here. But our value was paid for on the cross to redeem us. Christ did that for us. 
And sometimes, you know, we can get so focused on who we really are and know who we really are that we think we still have to continue to pay. And we negate, really, in, in that sense, what Christ has done. If we, if we think we have to pay for this lifetime, if we have to do certain things, we are accepted, we are affected here. And then mercy, we are held by compassion and not condemnation. And that's what gives us that security. Don't you like being secure? Don't you like knowing that, okay, it's all being taken care of. Hashtag the sovereignty of God. <laughs> he has it all locked down. And I know it's like, if you're like me, it's like I look around the world right now and I'm like, Whew, never thought I'd see any of this stuff in my lifetime, but here it is. But God is still in control. And so we don't need to worry, but we do need to live like believers and live out loud in that way. I mean, Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. God's mercy has provided so much for us. So I've got to ask you this morning, where are you looking to have your needs met? The people around you, which I would equate to extortion, you do this to prove you love me. You do that to prove you love me. You do, you do, you do, you do. Or maybe you're, you're on the receiving end of that with someone. You feel like, you know, oh, you know, I've got to be this. I've got to be that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You don't feel like you can be yourself. That's hard. It's a lot of pressure. God does not call us to that. Or is the Lord your source? Because guess what? When the Lord is your source, you're not going to look for it in those other people. And a lot of your relationships will become rich and deep and effortless because you're no longer looking to have someone meet some need in your life. I mean, and think about it conversely. If the expectations for you to be and do and act a certain way were gone, and you just got to be you? Doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't that sound like easy? <laughs> it's like, I don't have to do all this stuff. Verse 2, it says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Unity builders found in Christ. Because that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to this oneness. He's calling us to this place where it's like we look different from the world in a positive, inviting, healthy way. That's what we're called to. Being like-minded. And this whole idea of being like-minded is not just this kind of cookie-cutter thought process, but it's really it's reining in your thinking. Not just letting it run amok. Not just being helter-skelter and all over, but being reined in. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
And that whole idea of rightly dividing the word of truth, that's what we're called to do as believers. So that as we come to this truth of God and we understand what he's asking of us, we live our lives in such a way, we're ordering it in such a way that God is visible. See, he's the one, just like the song we sang, his name has the power, his name has the energy, his name has all that tied to it. And sometimes we try to do all this spiritual stuff in the flesh, in our own strength, and we get overwhelmed and weary, and we think, this doesn't work. Why does this not work for me? And because it's about Christ and what he can do and having your needs met there and seeing them found there. And so our minds need to kind of go down this path of taking the word in, talking about it. I mean, when was the last time, you know, you had a really good spiritual conversation with somebody? But you walked away going, oh, I think I got a better idea of this or that or the other thing. Or, oh, I'm glad we talked about that. See, it's like we're afraid to go down that road. Because it's like we're going to think, oh, somebody's going to, you know, you don't know that or you don't think that. And it's like... We've got to stop those kinds of things where we think we're prejudged. We are accepted in the beloved. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. We can gain so much from each other. Um, I've got a, a brother in Christ who, you know, he'll throw me messages from time to time. And it's like, oh, wow, those are some good thoughts. And some of those things are like, oh, I've asked these very questions. And then some of them are like, oh, I never saw this that way. I never saw it that way. And it challenges me. And it spurs me on to think and do more than just kind of rotely living the Christian life. But then we're challenged here, having the same love. Loving others the way God loves you. Not only you, but I go to John 13. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. But here's how. Just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for another. Just as I have loved you. Ooh, that's a challenge. He loved us as we were on the front end of all this. Sin-soaked. Problematic. Not perfect. And he loved us. And that's how we're supposed to be loving other people. It's hard. We want them to fit in certain framework. We want them to be certain ways. And again, we don't have to like everybody. Because <laughs> there are those people that, eh, it's hard. But we are supposed to love them. And figure out how to live at peace with them. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And this whole idea of being of one accord, creating an environment of resemblance denoting union and association. People should know we're Christians. Again, not because we're crazy, not because we're wearing T-shirts that say it, not because we have bumper stickers on our car, but because of how we conduct ourselves. And again, I'm not trying to add anything to you. But to me, I, it's, it was interesting. I, I was reminded, um, growing up, there was this friend, I had a friend, Johnny, his name was Johnny Panky. 
And uh, Johnny and I spent all kinds of time together. We were usually at the beach surfing or something like that. And, you know, we hung out so much. He was either at my house or I was at his house. You know, we were each other's, each other's mother's was our own and theirs and whatnot. But it was like we started to sound alike because we started to say things the same way, use the same terminology, all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes on the phone, people would mistake us, which was interesting. But it's like that is true with God as well. When we start to spend time with him, we're going to sound like him. We're going to love like him. We're going to have eyes of compassion like him. And we are going to live differently in a way. Because here's the thing that I have found. When people see Christ, they are drawn to him. And so when they see Christ in us, guess what's going to happen? They are going to be drawn to us in a very healthy and happy way. Because it's like, what do you have? How come this situation hasn't blown you out of the water? How come this has gone on in your life and you just kind of seem to take it in stride? That's Christ. That's the power of that name. That's the power of what he can do. And when we start to live that way, guess what? We are automatically witnesses. We are automatically testimonies. We are automatically salt and light. Because it's who we are. And it's how we're living. Creating this environment also comes from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Very familiar verse. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And it's like, huh? We have got to challenge our thinking. We have got to bring it into alignment of who God is and what he's asking us. And sometimes that's not exciting for people. <laughs> you know, that's kind of, that kind of verse is like where the, the outsiders go, you know, oh, it's a bunch of rules and it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. It really isn't. I've come to the place where it's like, this has become the ultimate owner's manual for my life. And I, I don't want to just relegate it to something as sterile as that. But this knows how to get down to the very joint and marrow of who I am and know me and reveal me. Not always the happy, pleasant, fun me, the ugly me, the challenging me, the irritated and angry me, and confront me in ways that I need to be confronted. It's funny because it's like, you know, I've seen how life has changed for me and sometimes and it's like, you know, there was a time when I was, you know, pretty, you know, always optimistic, always kind of looking on the bright side, always idealistic. And then I was, I kind of went back one day and was like, oh, when did that all change? Oh yeah, I got married and had kids. <laughs> I say that jokingly. But it was like, God used that to challenge me. It's like, yeah, hey, and when there's no challenge, when there's no stress, when there's no hot water to get dumped in, yeah, that's, anybody can be that. Let's, let's put some hot water in your life. Let's see what that tea bag is really made out of. And God had to work those things out in my life. And it's cool. It's not fun, but it's cool. Because he knows what I need. 
The last part there, verse 2, it says, you know, of one mind. And here's the cool part. There's, I see there's you know, a similarity to marriage, but when we all get closer to God, you know, there's God and we're all getting closer, we're going to get closer to each other. It will be a natural byproduct. We'll want to spend time with each other. We'll want to get together with each other. Not everybody, I get that. But we should want to be around other men and women who are going to challenge us in positive things and bring us down directions that are going to be helpful. And part of that comes, Second Chronicles gives us some insight there. Uh, I'm sorry, First Chronicles 22.19a says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Guess what? It does not happen by osmosis. You know, I, I put this under my pillow for the last 10 years, and I'm not any smarter. <laughs> I know you guys know that. So. <laughs> but it's, you know, sometimes we think just the Christian life happens because we go to church or because we do certain things or be, whatever. And it's like we've got to set our minds on things that are going to create new patterns in our life, new habits in our life, new ways in our life. And guess what? Habits are hard to break. I get it. But it's possible. So this is going to be interesting. How's your love tank today? Like, what? To me, I think it's an indicator. Where's the gauge at on your love tank? Do you feel dry and barren? Or are you full to overflowing? And I know, you know, in, in the Christian life, there's a continuum. You know, some, there are times you're going to feel low. There are times you're going to feel, oh, wow, I can't. But hopefully you're spending more on the, I'm on the full end, and sometimes I'm to overflowing. Because, again, when Christ is our source, that's going to be more possible. Because if we're looking, you know, men... Guys, we're challenged. You know, our jobs oftentimes, right? We find our fulfillment. We find everything. And we, we pin it all on that stuff. And then we get robbed at retirement because it's like, oh, what happens then? What's my significance? Uh, what, what's, uh... Women, a lot of times, you know, if you're a wife, mother, you know, your family is everything to you. And then there's that time where they all go away and it's like, now what? It's challenging. But if your identity is tied to Christ and you're getting your love and acceptance and worth and security through him, you get to be the same person all the time in any place, in any way, and it's fulfilling and it's joy-filled and you feel loved because you understand the love of Christ in your life. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Pressing on, verse three. You're like, are we ever going to get through this? Trust me, the last part, is huge. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for the, his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So we had the unity builders that were found in Jesus. Now these are the unity busters apart from Christ. Selfish ambition. Now we're challenged in 1 Corinthians. It says, have no division in the body, but have the members have the same care for one another. 
Now, we should always be working on ways to come together, come together, come together, and get to know one another and understand one another and be the family that we're called to be, right? We're sons and daughters of Christ, of God. Conceit, vainglory, pride, or arrogance. Um, you know, I, Paul was dealing with the Corinthians too where they were fighting over who had what gifts and which ones were more important and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we can fall into that. It's like, you know, oh, I wish I was more evangelistic or I wish I could study the Bible more. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. God wants you the way you are on purpose. On purpose. He doesn't want you like that one or this one or that one. There's a reason why you're you and where you are and all the things that come with you. And you get to enjoy that which is cool. But if we get caught up in who, what, where, or what I am, or, you know, I've got a badge. <laughs> you might be running out of a field one day. <laughs> We're supposed to have lowliness of mind, and that, this idea is, yes, humility, but just understanding that God sees us all the same. He's not elevating and, you know, oh, I like this one more. Da, 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 da. No. He is not a respecter of persons. And I so appreciate that about God. Because, again, it, it takes it down a notch where it's like, I do not have to work for this. God sees me where I need to be. He sees those things and he sees it like this. Doesn't mean we don't have to change. Doesn't mean that things have to happen. But it's like, I don't have to do anything to be seen higher or lower, whatever, by God. He loves me enough all the way right now from the beginning, in the middle, and the end. And so it's like understanding that for yourself, that it's not about me getting ahead. It's not about who I am. It's, it's about, hey, we're all in this together. Let's make the team work. Let's make the team incredible. Let's get the message of the Father out there. And it starts in here. Remembering a couple of things. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life we live is Christ's. Every good thing, every perfect thing, every wonderful thing comes down from the Father of lights. He's the one. We just get to be a part of it, which I think is cool. He could do it all on his own, but he, gets, he wants to use us in these ways. Self-promotion, our own interest. And it's like doing things the way we think we need to do them. Doing what we think we need. Trying to pursue what we think we need. The list goes on and on and on. But that's going to be a unity buster. So 1 Peter 4.10 is, Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Romans 2, 1, therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We're not called to judge. We're not called to divide, we're called to unite.
Jesus provides the example to follow. Which is cool. But there's one big element to that. Jesus provides the example to follow by choice. And that's how we're called to do it too. Verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Catch this in verse 7 now. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, on those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. It's snowing out. It's snowing in. Some quick things, and then we're going to be finished. Christ made himself of no reputation. By choice. And we're called to do that as well. Our reputation needs to be his reputation. He made himself to become a bondservant, subservient, a slave to the world of God, are you? But he did that by choice. He made himself of. He humbled himself by choice. Sorry, I missed. Came in the likeness of men by choice. Became obedient to the point of death on a cross by choice. And the key piece there is glorified the Father by choice. And when we make these same choices, we have the same outcome. We can glorify the, the Father in our lives when we do these things, when we follow this example of Christ, because he knows how to do it. He did it. I don't know about you, but it's just like I continually go back to the garden that the night before, just God's headspace there. If there's any other way, but not my will, your be done. Yours be done. Christ gets it with us. And we can trust him. Because by choice, he did these things, even becoming obedient to the point of death on a cross. He knows how this all works. You're free to choose, but you're not free from the consequences of your choice. You are. God wants you to come to those places in your mind and in your heart and in your understanding where it's like, I see why I, I need to do this. I see this is why I need to be thinking. I see this is why I should live like this. The consequences of some choices are blessing upon blessing. The consequences of other choices are devastating a plenty. The consequences of certain choices have a delayed element. They can be either positive or negative. But when we're doing it with Christ, when we're going with him, there's a whole lot more safety there than being out on our own, trying to do it our own way. So this morning, take a minute to evaluate. Is your identity and well-being tied to Christ? 
If it is, you'll live in Christ's love without seeking to have others make you feel loved. You'll live without the need to perform while looking for or expecting approval. You'll live out God's truth concerning yourself and others, despite what others may think. You'll live by faith without fear, enjoying the people around you and investing in them. The choice is yours and the consequences that go with it. Use the example of Christ to have your needs met through him. Learn how to have unity within the relationships you have. Leave the methods of this world behind and embrace Christ as your source. Choose you this day who you will serve. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we are just so grateful. You did not just kind of leave us alone to navigate this world. You provided a way for us to have understanding and so much relationship through you to feel your presence, to understand your thinking. And Lord, we're humbled by it because you are like no other. There is no God like you. And we are grateful for that. We're thankful for your word that continually challenges us and points us in the direction of who you are and how you want us to live. And it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Uh-oh. Here, so I don't know yet. This, there we go. Not guys. questions. At least I remembered where I left it. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah. All right, here you go. Oh, boy. First one is about your, the, um, the four needs. The four needs slide. Oh, yes, okay. yes, yes. Where in your four needs, every person has slide, does the need for connection fit in? Do, do you feel connection is a God-given desire? I would say that's an acceptance. Okay. Accept. So what were they for? Love? Love, acceptance, worth, security. Okay, so if we have love and acceptance, mm -hmm. then we're most likely that has through connection. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay, good. Yeah, because we're going to feel connected to people, right. and accepted so you, by them. If you have a question, whoever asked the question, if you want to talk to Dave, he'll be glad to talk with you. Yeah, we definitely need connections with Absolutely. people, right? Okay. We're built for community. So someone is apologizing for this next question. <laughs> yeah. Deep theology question. Oh, boy. Does verse 11 imply that God the Father is superior to Jesus and that Jesus' desire here is to glorify the Father? Oh boy, I would have to give that thought. Um, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Saying verse 11? Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of gives it to you there in the way, in the order that it's written, because it's going to do this, do this, for that, and he's over that. Okay. So that's how I would see it. All right. So Agreed, I would disagree? just, yeah, I would just listen to deep theology questions, so sure. let's just answer theology a little bit. The fact is that when God the Son, who, from all eternity past, and before that, mm. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they exist, they're a trinity, one God, three persons, somehow, that's the way the Bible describes them, okay? Mm -hmm. right, well, when the Son of God became a human being, 
he came and fulfilled all the responsibilities of a human being mm -hmm. in our place, because we didn't, right? Because we messed it up. And so one of the things that we're supposed to do is what? To humble ourselves and live for the glory of the Heavenly Father. And so that's what Jesus did when he came here. It's not that he isn't equal to the Father or the Father's mm -hmm. superior, but in his role as a human being, fulfilling the righteousness of God so he could be our sacrifice, he submitted himself willingly to the Father. So that's the answer to that. Good questions. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it. Oh, Thank you, Dave, for filling in. I'm always so uh, glad that I, I just... Dave, you going to preach? Yeah, I don't have to worry about it, okay? And he's a great guy in so many He'll other ways. Away. <laughs> Thank you. Have uh, a great time. Next Sunday, we are going to uh, deviate from uh, Philippians. It's July 2nd, and I'm going to have a special sermon related to our country and our role and what's going on, okay? All right, God bless you. Have a great week.